0: And none of us were born knowing how to cope with fear, how to cope with anxiety, how to cope with stress, how to cope with uh, racism, sexism, uh, how to cope with uh, alcoholic parents, you know, all the stuff that happens to people, right? We we aren't given those tools. Sometimes we just have to flounder until, unless we find, um, you know, some tools that are given to us along the way by the the people that we come across fear stops us from achieving our true greatness are you a professional woman who is feeling stuck unmotivated or burned out are you worried about your wellness are you
1: letting fear stop you from crushing your goals if you answered yes Did you know that I'm on YouTube as well? You can find me at Charmaine Gregory MD. See you there. There. Hello, 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 Fearless Freedom Tribe. This is Dr. G and we are back for another exciting episode of Fearless Freedom with Dr. G. And this week we have none other then Dr. Gina Simmons Snyder with us. And she's going to tell us all about who she is and all of the amazing things that she is up to. Take it away. Well, thank you.
0: I'm so excited to be here talking to you from across the world. Um, It's one of the great things about this modern technology we have. We can make connections with people all over, which is wonderful. So yeah, I am a licensed psychotherapist and I'm a coach. I am an executive coach uh, where we help people with conflict and anger management and stress management issues uh, in the workplace. And then I also do some corporate training as well. And I'm also the author of uh, a book, uh, Frazzle Brain, Break Free from Anxiety, Anger, and Stress Using Advanced Discoveries in Neuropsychology. So uh, Frazzle Brain is the name of the book, but basically it's about helping people cope with all of the stuff that we have to cope with um which dovetails right nicely with what you're trying to do is help people uh manage fears and anxieties and and you know develop coping strategies so so anyway i had a long route to get here i don't know how far back we want to go because i'm a grown-up so i have a lot of history but i'll just touch on a, a few things um Yeah, I grew up in poverty where, uh, you know, the stress of that uh, makes you afraid all the time about, you know, how are we going to pay the bills? How are we going to get food on the table? That sort of thing. And so when I was 15, it was sort of, I was launched into the, having to support the family, actually (laughs) help help support the family uh, with my mom as a single mom and not making enough to make it go by. So to make ends meet. So. I started out really trying to figure out all kinds of creative solutions to that. And um, eventually we got out of poverty, our family did, and, um, you know, found college and um, uh, really found my interest in people and trying to figure out how, how people's personalities can be so different and how we can see the world in so many different ways. And I was just fascinated with people And how to understand them and also how to make a living, you know, where I can be a professional and kind of use that passion. So I ended up getting a doctoral degree in psychology and started out working in juvenile diversion programs um, after I worked for the San Diego probation department. So I worked with a lot of kids in crisis, um, girls and boys, but um, I remember really being moved by. Many of the girls who grew up in families similar to mine, a lot of poverty, but they also had um, they were exposed to just a lot of violence and crime and things that I wasn't exposed to and that kind of stuff. And um, and so I developed a lot of compassion for, you know, when a a young girl tells you this is the safest she's ever felt and she's incarcerated.
1: Oh, my God. You know,
0: I, I remember hearing stories like that and i thought wow okay i can i can have this compassionate window into why people go into crime and a lot of times it's because that's the only option you know they they have um and and they need other pathways and other options so so i got into that um for a few years and um uh juvenile diversion programs were re- we we're trying to get kids who are first-time offenders into a different pathway where they can get opportunity and um, employment and those sorts of things. So I I worked a lot with teenagers and then um, I developed an anger management program for teenagers. And then my husband hasn't had the first anger management program in San Diego. And so we were, um, I was working with the teens and he was working with the adults. And um, we did that for many years and went from that into really trying to help people have more, um, stress-free workplaces because, right. uh, at that time we started, um, seeing, uh, back in the early nineties, um, workplace violence and shootings oh, okay. and things like that. Mm. So we started going in and decided we didn't want to be there after the fact, debriefing people after a shooting, we wanted to go into prevention. So, um, Uh, So since then, we've really been working on prevention, preventing and and teaching people coping skills, you know, preventing bad things from happening as much as we can and um, encouraging people to that they can cultivate coping skills for whatever, whatever situation they find
1: themselves in. Wow, that is incredible work. I mean, I, wow. Like, as I'm thinking about, you know, you being in the juvenile centers and talking to the children and for them to say to you, being behind bars is the safest they ever felt. That is heart-wrenching. That is absolutely heart-wrenching. Yeah, Um, it really,
0: really just
1: rocked me because, you know,
0: the first time they've had three meals a day, the first time they felt like there was somebody there to protect them.
1: Oh, my gosh. You know,
0: there was an officer there that if somebody was harassing them, they would be protected, right? They would, somebody would stop them from getting beat up or somebody would, you know, and it just, gosh, it makes me want to cry now. Just remembering um, some of, some of these girls in my heart, just, you know, I fell in love with them because I realized that our environment so much shapes what our options are, right? Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Our
0: behavior. And it's not Uh, that these kids were bad kids. These kids were put into impossible situations. And so I think that really shaped a lot of my thinking too, about people. And I think early in my career, dealing with really hard stuff, really hard issues, you know, life and death and violence and crime and, you know, that kind of stuff, it really helped me, um, uh, be able to quickly assess, you know, where people are and also um, make a big impact because our agency was actually able to, we did a juvenile diversion program in, in alignment with the police department where we took first time offenders. And they, the police would say, hey, this is what happens to you if you go down this road. And they would do this sort of, we're going to scare you about you know, how bad it can oh, get for you.
1: Okay. And then okay. the
0: therapist worked, and then we did it in front of the families, and the therapist worked with the families. And um, we would um, do family counseling, try to correct any kinds of things that are going on in the home that are causing this kind of behavior. And we went from uh, the first year with juvenile offenders, there was a a, a 65% recidivism rate in the first year, usually, like the majority of them would get rearrested within the first year. And we went from that down to 5% after the program, which was huge, huge success. That is amazing. It was a huge success. And it was a collaborative, you know, community program with uh, our community-based agency and the police department and of course the parents had to um uh, sign in on it um, but it right. was you know it was a program that was offered to them so anyway we felt really good about that and um did that for for a number of years so so I think that really helps I mean now we're working with people who are um you know in workplaces and and um older <laughs> you know adults now mm-hmm um, but the same sort of, same sort of, um, coping skills apply, right? If you don't have coping skills, you're not going to deal very well with
1: right. whatever
0: happens right. in front of you. So, and they, they can be taught, you know, we can all learn how to do this stuff. And none of us were born nor knowing how to cope with fear, how to cope with anxiety, how to cope with stress, how to cope with, uh, racism, sexism, uh, how to cope with, uh, alcoholic parents, you know, all the stuff that happens to people, right. We, we aren't given those tools. Sometimes we just have to flounder until, unless we find, um, you know, some tools that are given to us along the way by the, the people
1: that we come across. Yeah. And that's, and that's the thing right there. It's like, you know, you just never know if you're going to come across the correct ones. Correct individuals who are right. gonna actually you don't help you know, move forward, right? So it might a lot you might it's random. Right. It's, it's so random. And so, you know, yes, that is so that is the that's the tricky piece. That is a tricky part. Um, but yeah, no, that's um that program sounds amazing. And you know, it's like what better way to like improve a community than to like diminish the amount of people that have to be behind bars. I mean, that is just that is like oh, across yeah. of Huge. things, right? And then, and then just right. and and realizing that most of the people, like you said, were only there because of circumstance. Like they did not choose that. Like that, children don't make conscious choices in that way. And it's like, you know, if you can change the mindset, change the the uh, the ability to deal with what the stressors are, then that is giving them a future because. You know, once they are out of the juvenile sector and they're into adulthood, they are like relegated to incarceration for the rest of their lives. Like whether it's literally behind bars or the institutional incarceration that occurs when they are freed after a huge number of years behind bars. So... No, that's incredible. That is really, really incredible. And so yeah, is the program still... still in effect? Like because I know you're not involved it, yes, in it The anymore, agency, but... the agency
0: actually expanded it. Yeah, it was a it was okay. a nonprofit. Um, and they've actually really grown over the years and they're they're actually doing like um on-site uh, after school uh okay. child care, and, and they've okay. got all these really cool um community um community programs going on all over um so yes um that uh some version of that program is still going on i mean i know they've probably made it a lot better um than it was when when we were doing it we went off into private practice and and um and people took our place um but uh but yeah we we were uh really excited when we went back to the director's executive director's retirement party because he he started this program with like just a little little shoestring budget and then it grew mm-hmm. into this like community because there's their programs were so successful
1: no, and it's um, fantastic and proof of concept i mean it's incredible
0: yeah like if people kids have a place to go where they're supervised after school That, you know, a lot of the kids that I saw that had anger management issues and got involved in in crime and petty theft and all these things were left unsupervised for seven, eight hours a day because their parents were working or their parents were impaired, you know, or some other kind of combination, right? And the kids had no childcare, right? There's nobody directing them, nobody giving them another alternative other than their uh, their mischievous friends and the other kids that didn't, you know, that were kind of running wild. So Mm. I think, I think that, you know, so many of these problems are solvable if the the community puts resources into these kids and gives them pathways, it's coping skills, right? Coping skills is kind of what we're talking about in terms of fear and dealing with fear and anxiety and stuff, but, but it's also pathways, you know, it's like, it's like I I had to be shown a pathway out of poverty, like these, this is somebody who could do this, you know, okay, for me, it was education, I could see, you know, I happened to love learning, and I could see that, oh, I could make it, Uh, it took me a long time, because I had to work my way through school. And the numbers at that time worked out a lot better than they do for young people now. But, um, Just because the costs have gotten so bad and because the investment in education has gone down, the public Mm -hmm. investment in education has gone down. So you'll see these sorts of trends happen as, as the investment in public services goes down, you know, crime and other things, um, go up over time. So, and the reason for that is people are strapped. They don't have enough money. They can't pay for childcare. Kids are left alone on and on and on. Right. Yes. So. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. anyway, that's it's a it's a good thing to have um, programs and pa- and and show people you know pathways to alternative things that they can do with their lives that that are meaningful and and a lot of kids um, now are doing it themselves you know they're forming their own support groups in in their high school and they're engaged in climate change activism and they're uh, you know, a lot of them are, are making their own support
1: groups, you know? Uh, That's, that's good. It's good to hear. Um, and then, so you all, you know, you may, you initiated such a nice pathway for, um, for the young people in that system. And then you went into private and what happened at that point, once you went into the private sector?
0: Well, then our practice is mainly doing, uh, we see a a wide variety of individuals and couples for counseling and uh, treating them and uh, for a number of things like depression and anxiety and stress and uh, relationship conflicts and issues. And then part of our practice is also going into corporations and teaching managers how to better manage conflicts Um, Because, of course, a lot of things emerge in the workplace, uh, especially as workplaces are becoming way more global and um, more diverse, you get very different interpretations of the same behavior, right? Because culturally, people are so different, right? And Mm -hmm. so... a lot of co- companies are actually really good at developing like corporate cultural norms that are accepting of cultural differences right and and but even with those norms there are um n- you know lots of conflicts that develop because people are just misunderstanding each other right so mm-hmm. one yes. person's sense of humor yeah. and warmth and way of connecting is another person's sign of disrespect right and mm-hmm. so we work with people on how to get out of our own uh, biases and really be able to uh, experience another person from their point of view, right? Not just our point of view, but there's this other point of view i kind of think about it as time zones right you're in a time zone and i'm in a time zone right and we might look out our windows and there's like different weather outside right and there's yes we might be wearing something different based on the weather and um uh but we can still in the same moment have an i thou relationship where i'm seeing you and and you're seeing me even if our circumstances are really different but only if i can go oh you have you know a rainstorm coming or right, you know right. <laughs> you have this going on in your world and i have this going on in my world but we're still you know people inhabiting space that still care about the same kinds of things so mm-hmm. so anyway we work with people on little empathy um empathy uh exercises and also ways of getting out of our own bias, because there's, we all have bias, we all have um, ways of organizing the world based on our own limited knowledge, I talk about the, the parable of the blind men around the elephant, right? And we're all Mm -hmm. like blind, blind people around an elephant. And we think our little piece of the elephant is the whole world, you know, it's the whole thing. So if you're the one at the trunk, you know, you're gonna describe the world this way. And if you're the one on the side, you know, you're gonna describe it in a different way. And and we're both right, right? We're both yeah, right. Yeah, it's part the, of the, the trunk is like this, and right. you know, the side of the elephant's like this, and the tusks are like this. So we're all right. However, we're acting as if that's the only one right way to experience the elephant, right? And because our our vision is limited because we only see in reflection, we can't really see ourselves purely. And, and because we have limited perception when we do see, and we don't hear everything accurately, and we don't record it accurately, and we put it through a big interpreting machine, and then spit it out and it comes out completely different, right? So so we are blind in in a certain metaphorical way we're all walking around blind with limited senses picking up just our little piece of the world and um the way we get to know more is opening our perception to oh you're at the tail oh in the tail oh we're attached to the same beast you know
1: right right
0: <laughs> oh okay Well, here's my piece of the beast let's talk let's have a dialogue and and you know you can share with me your truth, right which is just as true as mine right and when people see it that way or we can back off a little bit from our our initial assumptions then we we cope better with with others and we actually you know it's it's actually quite exciting to have your world broadened
1: right? oh yeah like travel absolutely. does that yeah like when
0: you traveled, right I'm sure you just were like,
1: Oh yes, Whoa. we love it. We love it.
0: See Every time. The world
1: this way. Oh yes. Like Absolutely. A- yeah, there's always something neat that you learn. I mean and 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 <laughs> and it is really funny because even if you're someplace where the language is different or the food is different. It's still the same, like basic construct, though, right? I mean, it's still like people have families, or you know, they have direct families, or they have families of the, you know, that that love them and that they love, and you know, they're they're doing a, something in their communities, and you know, they're they're doing things that they enjoy doing. So, you know, no matter where we are, no matter what language, it's still the same basic construct, which is really neat. It's just. Is just, is. As you said, you know, that part of the elephant is this like, relayed differently. Exactly. And it's like, but you're right, we all
0: share the same planet. And, and we all have like, right, love, we, we all have these similar emotions. And we all have food,
1: right? Hopefully, yes. food is amazing. Um, and, yeah, <laughs> We all like, <laughs> seem to like, want to have a lot of things surrounding that. too. <laughs> yes, exactly. We have
0: rituals. Right, we all have rituals (laughs) they might be different rituals yes but
1: hey it's dr g and i just wanted to take a quick moment to thank you for listening to this episode i'm so honored to have you here with me did you know that i can help you to get your own podcast started With my podcasting launch course for professionals, I walk you through everything you need to know about starting a podcast. I'm with you every step of the way from sign up to launching your show with five episodes ready to go. There's a done for you version that's also available if you would just rather
0: I remember um, going to, um, in California, they have uh, the children, and when they're in the fourth grade, the children all go do this mission, uh, California missions, because the missionaries set up all these missions all along California. So it's part of our hist- history of our state okay. that we study the missions and how okay. the missions were built and which missions were built, you know, when. And and so the children often have to do a field trip to a local mission, which is a Catholic <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, religious, um, and they're usually quite beautiful architecture and and so on. And so I remember uh, one of my daughter's friends was Hindu, and her pe- her mother was there on the field trip. And so we were looking at this tableau of this Christian tableau of the, um, the story of original sin. It has Eve being mm-hmm. tempted by the serpent mm-hmm. um, to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And it's it's a life size tableau that was created, and you know, uh, you know, depicting this whole scene. And and I was talking to this Hindu mom, and she's like, I was like, yeah. And you know, Satan tempts the the Eve, you know, to get her to eat from the th- do what God said not to do, and then that caused them to be ousted from the garden, and they had to, you know, they were ashamed, and that caused you know all of this suffering in in human life and stuff like that and she just looked horrified by that story oh, she just really? was like what are you kidding like so this this christian story that many of us who grew up in a, a primarily christian culture right it, it was a very familiar old story but to somebody who's 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 yes, yes. Yes. Religious myths are completely different, and religious yeah. beliefs about the origin of human life are completely different. It was just such a strange story. Oh, yeah. So, when I saw yeah. that for a moment from her perspective, like, yeah, the serpent and the god, and the, you know, it, it's a very odd story when you see yeah. it from yeah. someone's perspective who has <laughs> never seen the world that way. They've never oh. seen the world presented that way right right? yeah so anyway I that's just a long story to show how it helps I think to get out of ourselves a little bit sometimes and out of our own perspective of like this is the truth this is the way things are right well actually other (laughs) people see it completely different and have never heard that story before have never heard it before
1: it's true yeah, no, it's just yeah. definitely um, interesting to think about because, yeah, I mean, goes back to that elephant again, like that is yeah. the elephant analogy is very poignant because it's just like, wow, it just explains a lot of things. <laughs> well, even oh, married couples, gosh. right? Oh, oh yeah. I couples. mean, it's just like yeah. every every time there's a communication breakdown, it's like, wait yes. a minute, we're talking about the same thing, but it's just... How it's conveyed the person's point of view, as my kid like to say, POV. You know, that's what they say these days. And so it's like yeah, just um, everything's just so many, right? yeah. Everything's everything. I'm like, what is that? What does that mean? Like, what is, what, are, what are those letters mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's a it's a good one. It's a good analogy. Yeah, Definitely. I
0: like the story because I always remind myself too. I'm always ca- catching myself on these things that I'm teaching my clients because. You know, it's easy to slip into this, you know, my way of seeing things is so obvious and true, right? (laughs) Uh, Why can't everybody see it this way? And I realize, you know, I have to go back to, well, I'm seeing this one, this one piece, you know, and there's, there's many other ways of looking
1: at it. And that's a good, good way to step back and really, um, and really analyze what, what, what vantage point you're at you're on or at or guess and because yeah there's just so many and it's funny but like to make a medicine analogy so okay um radiologists i'm gonna be a shout out to my radiology colleagues when you get an x-ray you don't get one view usually i mean there are times when you have to get one view because the patient's not stable enough to move etc etc but like that's really only a chest But so if you're getting an x-ray and you're going to get multiple views, why? Because if you look at the x-ray and in only one view, you might miss some important information. So even, for example... a uh, wrist x-rays so you're looking to see if the wrist is broken you only get one view you may miss the fracture you get the side view for example this fracture becomes very the fracture equals break becomes very very obvious so that is it right it's like the vantage point like how you're looking at the same thing I love that really analogy. determines how it looks like what the actual truth is right what is actually happening I- I
0: love that analogy, and that's so true because we we can be so convinced, and that's how we m- magicians do their ma- magic shows is they they fool us, right? They yes, fool they us all the time to make <laughs> us convinced we're seeing something um, that uh, that it you know is is all done with with you know high, a lot, high level of skill. I also also think about sports, like um, in sports, you'll watch a play and um you'll be convinced that you know that was out of bounds that was out of bounds or something and then you'll see the other camera view and it's like oh no you know that was in, in. Or-
1: mm-hmm. yeah, side was of line
0: in. <laughs> so you know it, that's the kind of thing where again who you it's all about perspective and we can just be so certain about things and it's really important to just back off from our certainty sometimes and going, okay, that's my perspective. That's what it feels like to me, but it doesn't mean I'm right, or it doesn't mean that that's the only right solution. Because that's the other crazy thing about the elephant is that you can be describing something completely different and still be right. Oh, You're absolutely. talking about the same thing. You're talking yeah. about the same exact thing. And your your perspective is so, so different.
1: Oh yeah. Yes. It's so true. Yes. We see this happening in our house with three children. (laughs) What happened? Oh, this will happen in one version, the next version. You're like, okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And, and a lot of times there really is a need, especially like kids around, around like what, uh, eight to eight to 11, they're very rule conscious, you know, and they're just like, you know, you broke the rule or you're not, or, you know, and and it's really hard to convince them that, yeah, well, there was a different way of interpreting the rule or, right. you know, we gave you a second turn. So we have to give him a second right. turn, right? <laughs> or, or whatever, whatever the rules are bending a little bit here. Yes. So we have yes. to, you know, um, yeah, it's hard it's hard parenting is its own thing right it's it's own. yeah it's it's a
1: definitely a completely different scenario that um, nobody prepares you for and is this uniquely different for you and each child so and each child is its own universe is that's right they're their own yeah they really are individuals for sure
0: <laughs> they teach us a lot. They teach us they do. a lot.
1: No, they do. They do. Yeah. Definitely grateful, you know. Um, because it's uh yeah, it's kind of like one of those things like whether you have your own children or you adopt children or you, you know, whatever, you however you parent, you know, it's like you're not prepared for it ever, really. Um, but you could never see it once you do it, you like, you can never see yourself not doing it. Like you're like was my life like before i was a parent or what was my life like before this like it's just it's it's a very strange thing you know it's like i don't know you can see yourself and you could like envision yourself before doing other things but for that thing it's like wow yeah how could i have how could i have lived before doing this or how you know what was what was it like before doing this like you just don't remember it's really strange. It's true. It's
0: so, strange. it's so true. It's like you can't even, it, you are transformed. And neuro, neuroscience shows too that we're, our brains are really transformed. It's really fascinating. There's so many cool, interesting things that happen to our brain in parenthood. Both father's brains, actually, um, the part of the brain within the first four months of having a, a child, um, father's, the part of the brain that's associated with nurturing uh, uh, is, is bulked up, uh, and for, for mothers too, which I thought was really interesting. And that, you know, we, we also know, I mean, obviously moms have, if you're a biological mom, you have all these physiological changes, but even when you're an adopted mom, you have all these physical, uh, changes as well from picking up a child, putting them down, doing all this different kind of movement changes your body and changes your, your brain, and then there was this wild, uh, these wild studies on male shimmerism, which is called basically that. They found, um, they found that some mothers, the DNA from the child is in their brain.
1: Oh wow! Probably,
0: yeah, and they call it male shimmerism. But basically, um, that that, uh, and the reason why they could determine uh, that it was the child's dna is because you know if a mother had a male child the uh, mitochondria would would show up different right because it's a female yes. child it would be easy to say well maybe that's you know the mother's dna or something so they could prove that it was the child's dna that ends up in the mother's brain so wow. when mothers say they feel a connection to their child or they feel an intuition or they feel a, uh, you know, uh, almost a physical uh, attachment still to our children that are wandering out there in the world somewhere, even when we don't know exactly where they are, um, we do in fact feel that, you know,
1: for wow. life. That's incredible.
0: Isn't it interesting? I just think it's fascinating, and yeah, that and so whatever we do uh, repeatedly shapes our brain. And so nurturing and and raising a child, um, and having that interaction between parent and child, we shape their brain, and they shape our brain. There's mm. this interpersonal neurobiology that uh, affect we affect each other, we impact each other, and that shapes our our development, so and their development too. So nice. it's it's quite exciting. I mean, um, I I do think that you know I have a bias because I have three grown children and two grandchildren now. But I have a bias that you know parenting is awesome. But I don't think anybody, everybody should be a parent if they don't want to be. <laughs> you
1: Absolutely, know, Don't yeah, make yeah. yourself yeah.
0: don't make yourself do it if you if you don't want to. But I do think it's a, an amazing miraculous journey.
1: Indeed. Indeed. Agreed. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. So you have to, I think the book is in the background, isn't it? Isn't it? Oh yeah. Right
0: Frazzle brain. Frazzled brain. Yeah. You got you
1: to show people that. Show us, show Frazzled us that. brain. There we go. I don't know if you nice. can see it. Break free. Yes.
0: It's uh, It's got all kinds of cool little tips and uh, tricks for calming yourself and dealing with interpersonal issues and Um, how to um, and it's it's designed to make you feel relaxed or more calm while you're reading it because I know I used to recommend a lot of uh, books on anxiety and stress management to my clients and some of them would say it's too stresses me out too much to read the book because it's a lot of symptoms and you know you're reading about all these issues and um, so I I wrote the book to have these these little calming experiences throughout the book so that actually the act of reading it can just calm the nervous system down. So
1: cool. Nice. I like it. Hopefully. Yeah. Thank you for asking. Yes. Cool. No, that's awesome. And then do you have a um, website that, you know, someone's looking for coaching so they can reach out to you and contact you? exactly frazzlebrain.com
0: it's real easy Frazzlebrain one word just like it sounds okay and cool. uh, and and i i will respond anybody sends me a message i'll i'll definitely respond so um i would love to hear from any listeners and you know get feedback and if i can be of help
1: i'm happy to uh to help awesome Awesome. 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 And then we are at that point in our show where we do our fill in the blank, which is our tradition on the show. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, cool. 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 All right. So the first one is if I am fearless, I will. I will
0: boldly keep writing what I think is the right thing to write, even if other people might not like it. Love
1: it. It's great.
0: I'm <laughs> talking myself into that statement. First come to
1: show, right? Like, amen to that one. <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. my gosh. Well, this one is kind of similar. But um, to me, fearless freedom means. Fearless freedom means.
0: Being able to act despite my fear
1: on the things that really matter. Cool, cool. And then the last one is my battle cry is, uh, "Don't quit." Love keep, it. Keep on. <laughs> keep on going.
0: I'm not interested in quitting or retiring or anything. I want to keep
1: on going. There's too much to be done. Love that. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing. The stories. Thank you for sharing your insights. Um, you know, this has been such a great conversation. I appreciate your time, and um, I know that people are going to go look up Frazzle Brain and check it out and benefit from it as well. So.
0: Thank you, Doctor Chi, for having me. And it is it is published by Central Recovery Press. I didn't publish it myself, but um, and I also write for Psychology Today on Frazzle Brain. It's called Frazzle Brain is the the column that I write on on Psychology Today. So if people oh, awesome. just want some information and they don't want to have to buy a book, you know, they can also uh, just go online and look at the Psychology Today uh, articles there. Um, But um, it's been a pleasure to meet you and I just love your work and um, I wish you all the best too. What you're doing is great. Thank you. Thank you.
1: I appreciate that. Absolutely.